superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And here we go. This is the Rich Eisen Show. And that's what made the Dark Knight so special. It's because it's the, it's the collision course of, of art and commerce. With guest host Ben Lyons. And Did you come up with that? Collision, collision course of art and, of commerce. Art and commerce. Don't let the like... wrinkly zip-up hoodie from the car fool you. Wow. Like... Today's guest, senior writer for Sports Illustrated, Chris Mannix, from the MMQB, Albert Breer, MLB on Fox analyst, Nick Swisher, and now, sitting in for Rich. Let's put a smile on that face. Here's Ben Lyons. <laughs> Why so serious? Ben Lyons here in for Rich. Uh, Welcome, everyone, to the Rich Eisen Show on a Tuesday. We appreciate you rocking out with us. We've got a big show. Big show today is Game 6 of the NBA Finals. Game 6. baby! One of the great phrases in all of sports. I know Game 7 gets a lot of love. As it should. But Game 6 gets shouted out in songs. It's the stuff of legends. We can think back to all the great Game 6s of our childhood. I am so fired up tonight. Hanging out with the guys here. I'm very excited to be with you again. I appreciate the you, opportunity. You. I love band, that. Man. As I'm getting to know you guys this week on the Rich Eisen Show, I can say certain names, and you and I already have a shorthand, Brockman. I can say Nick Asaski, and you know who that is. <laughs> I know Nick Asaski. That means something to you. It really does. Third baseman, Boston Red Sox, back in the day. TJ, I can say to you, Ted Au, and you know who Ted Au is. <laughs> Everybody knows who Ted Au is. Better recognize Of course. My boy, Ted Au. Trying to figure out Del Tufo, though. I don't know if I have any names I can throw at Del Tufo that we have a shorthand and we share together. Maybe Guy Lafleur. <laughs> Last guy I remember without a helmet on the, on the, on the ice. And that's about it. So trying to learn the Del Tufo language as we it's continue I mean, on. It's been how, how old are you, Mike? 55? No one's mastered the Del Tufo language. Yeah, it's tough. Well, when people say things to me like nothing great happened in sports in the 80s, it it's, only happened in the 70s and 90s, I, I struggle sports. with how to form a language uh, to find common ground in language. Right? Seriously, yeah, the that, 80s, that language, you roll your eyes at them. We were music. We weren't sports. Right, we're going to get into Del Tufo's <laughs> thoughts on the entire decade of the 80s a little bit later on in the show. Just the first half because last year doesn't count. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the 80 and 89 are great. You're fine. They're like, you know, they're the middle. It's yeah, I, I challenge him with the 86 Mets. But like I said, we'll talk about it a little bit later on in the show if anything great happened in sports in the 1980s. But something epic's going to happen tonight in game six. You can feel it. It feels like one of those days in your life if you're Giannis, if you're Chris Middleton, if you're Drew Holiday, where you get up a little earlier. 
You don't need to set the alarm this morning. Yeah, were those guys sleeping well last night? How was that rest? For I think they. Kids? I think they woke up rested. I think they woke up clear-eyed. Clear hearts can't lose. What does coach say? Clear eyes, full hearts. Can't full lose. hearts can't lose. It's one of those days for for the guys out in Milwaukee where. The air feels a little crisper. There's a little pop in it. The eggs taste a little better. It's just one of those days. It reminds you of the great days in your own life. If you've had the honor of being married, you remember that day. You remember every moment of that day. It's almost as if the day were in slow motion. And I feel like that's what it must be like to wake up this morning, a member of the Milwaukee Bucks. Takes you back to graduating high school or college. Those days in your life where it all comes together, years of hard work, sacrifice, dedication. It's just, it's just epic. It must be a beautiful afternoon in Milwaukee today. The Deer District, I would imagine, already has 25,000 people I heard they're opening it up to 60,000 capacity. Today. Why not? Let's everybody. Today's a celebration in <laughs> Milwaukee. And that's what I love about the NBA Finals, and, that, and especially this year, is that we, we're reminded uh, of home court and the, and the presence of fans and how that makes an impact. And if you're Chris Paul this morning and you're waking up in the hotel and you got to go downstairs and get a cup of coffee, or you, you can feel that energy in the city. I would imagine on the bus from the airport going to the hotel, you see the flags out there, you, see, you feel it. And sometimes that can motivate an athlete, but other times that can leave them as a bad pun, deer in headlights. And I'm afraid we're going to see that tonight from the Phoenix Suns. Oh, wow. Every bone in my body is rooting for Phoenix. I hope we get more basketball. I love the NBA Finals. I don't want to see it end. I'm going to get a, a pit of Sunday scaries in my <laughs> belly tonight if Giannis hoists that trophy. Because yeah. that means the season's over and there's no more professional basketball now. NBA basketball, I should say. Um, you know, until, until next season. So is Giannis going to climb the mountain tonight? Is this going to be the culmination of a journey from across the world to lead him to this moment? I always think of that moment right when the finals ends and they cut to the best player and he's, he's there and he has that moment where his life will never be the same again. We're going to see that tonight from Giannis. Do you feel it? Do you feel what they're feeling in Milwaukee right Larry now? Larry O'Brien trophy in one hand, the Bill Russell finals MVP trophy in the next. Kind of promotional like, hat on his head. Exactly. Kind of like we saw like LeBron when he first won his first championship in Miami in 2012. Finally feeling that moment of jubilation. We're going to uh, see Bobby Portis hoist an Larry O'Brien <laughs> trophy tonight. NBA champion. NBA Don, champion Bobby Portis. Giannis, Giannis, uh, think about this. This man once punched a teammate and now here he is the ultimate teammate. What a journey. What a story. Who's that guy on the Bucks roster that we can't believe will have a championship? Like NBA champion Pat Connaughton, <laughs> right? I remember when Steve like Nash, Jeff Teague, NBA Jeff, I was champion. Say, when I remember when Steve Nash know? got traded to the Lakers, and everybody with the, the the conversation in Los Angeles was now that the Lakers have Nash, how many championships? Will you be happy if it's just one? Say, guys, Jeff Teague's just as good. The guy's an all star down in Atlanta. <laughs> what? You're crazy. Now Jeff Teague going to be an NBA champion, something Steve Nash sadly could never do. I, I think, like, I, I kind of like what I said yesterday. It all depends on the health of Steve Nash and how well he plays. I expect Devin Booker to have an amazing game tonight. Uh, but it all comes down to Chris Paul and kind of what the cams do. And unfortunately, it's a road game. And Milwaukee plays really well at home. I think they've only lost one game in the playoffs at home this year. And Scott Foster is officiating tonight. And I think 
as much as we laugh and have fun about that and wink, wink, hey, Tim Donaghy, that's a huge deal. Chris Paul is 0-12 and Chris Foster and Scott Foster officiated games. Now, is the NBA sending him in to close this out? No, of course. The NBA wants game seven. But, man, oh, man, it's tough to think Milwaukee doesn't win tonight. Scott Foster is – Chris Paul, Chris Paul is 0-12 in games refereed by Scott Foster, and he's refereeing tonight. He is the lead official, the head official Do for the, tonight's game six. We, we were chatting before the show. Ben Lyons filling in for Rich on the Rich Eisen Show. We got Chris Mannix coming up from Sports Illustrated. going to talk all things NBA Finals. But we were chatting before the show. Do the refs stay in like a Big Brother-style compound? <laughs> <laughs> and then we just go to them live, and they get deployed – they get shot like a, out of some space cannon. A van Bezos. pulls up and they just call out a name. No, like is it like the Brockman, Bachelor where like, they Tufo, knock on the door? Lions. Yeah, there's a date card. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, Scott, let's find love tonight in Milwaukee. Who, who's the host of the NBA Badgers? Is Marcus Johnson come out for the Bucks and say, sure. we need you tonight? And he gives him a rose and it's Scott Foster. He goes, I'm going out to my other car. Dick does Chris Bavetta, Paul Dick say Bavetta's something? driving the van. Right. Does, does Chris Paul say something to Scott Foster like at what? center court during warm-ups? <laughs> Hey Scott, how you doing? How's the family? I, How's everybody doing this summer? <laughs> Kids in camp? If if that hadn't been Chris's approach, maybe today he might want to think about switching up. Yeah, might want to think maybe, about maybe that. ask about the family, see what his vacation plans are. You know, right? In the, in the previous twelve times that <laughs> Scott Venmo Foster account. has refed his games, yeah. and he and he's given him the ice grill. Maybe he walks up to him and says, "Hey, man, what kind of protein are you working with? I've been doing Beyond Meat, and it's caused, and I've I had a great season. You know, how you good, are you, man? You've been working out. Yeah, you, you sweating on purpose. How are you, man? So yeah, whatever you were doing before, it's clearly not working. So switch it up a little bit. So today. the Suns can change up their approach with how Chris interacts, interacts with, Scott with Scott Foster before the game. Look, yeah. They have cameras everywhere, all over the arena. We got cameras on guys counting money. We got cameras on, on Adele. We got cameras everywhere. Can we get a camera on Chris Paul before Hello. the game and how he interacts with Scott Foster? My Bucks fans' friends are actually worried. They think the Scott Foster assignment is the NBA trying to throw us off the scent. Like, oh, Chris Paul's 0-12 in the Scott Foster games. Let's throw Scott Foster out there. Hey, Scott, maybe go the other way tonight. So you think that has implications with the line in Vegas the other way? The idea of he can't possibly go 0-13 against Scott Foster. Come on, lay a couple on the Suns. Wink, wink, wink bucks wink, by nudge, 100 nudge. tonight Yeah, because it's, it's the coronation I mean, of this thing in Milwaukee. That It seems like the coronation of, of Giannis is inevitable. It just seems that's coming. He's the huge favorite for finals MVP right now. No one is even close to him. And, yeah, I, I think it's going to happen. I actually think it's going to happen. Milwaukee is the better team right now. They're playing better basketball. Like I said, it'll cut all hinges on Chris Paul's health. Ben Lyons in for Rich Eisen on the Rich Eisen Show. I want to point out a, a tweet I had earlier in the series. The Suns are just better at every aspect of basketball and also have a guy named Devin Booker. So it's a wrap. Thanks for playing. So you can follow me on Twitter <laughs> at I am Ben Lyons. Never a prisoner of the moment. Always looking at it from a bird's eye view. But I bring that up because um, it feels like we're all prisoners of the moment now in this coronation of yeah. Giannis as the greatest player on the planet. Right. This coronation of the Milwaukee Bucks as an organization, new ownership group, mm -hmm. bringing legitimacy back to the franchise, to the city. And what's amazing is you look at their two best players. They're the two longest tenured guys on the team. Yeah. Giannis and Chris Middleton have been in Milwaukee the longest. 
It's a copycat league. Will teams now try and have continuity, try and keep their core nucleus together as opposed to going out there and assembling a team of superstars, trying to you know throw, throw together a, a team of bold-faced names to make a short run at it? Or do you build to the draft? Do you, do you build with your star players and, and invest in them long-term as opposed to rent a player, which has seemed to be the kind of the trend in the NBA? Uh, or are we going to see Phoenix make some type of adjustment beyond uh, the interaction of Chris and Scott, but more so from Monsi and X's and O's? You start fouling Giannis in a real way, in a, in a way that takes him out of the flow of the offense, makes the crowd you know, feel like they're, they're, they're a part of it at first, but ultimately take them out of it because there's less of a flow to the game and you don't get those 7-0 runs, 11-0 runs that really get everybody involved. Do you put Giannis on the free throw line 40 times like they used to do to Shaq back in the NBA Finals? What can you do if you're Monty Williams to change the energy beyond how you interact with Scott during the shooter? So, so what do you think? You, you want Jalen Smith and Frank Kaminsky and... Give me Frank the Who Tank. Give me Craig. LG Kicks. I've been calling for a Langston Galloway sighting the entire series. Do you want all these guys out there? Give me Tori Moore, like yep. go go with guards too, and you just want Hakayana starting late first quarter. Let's let's try it because whatever's working right now isn't. It's been three losses in a row. You can't yeah. ask Devin Booker to go for fifty. Obviously, you need a solid game from Chris Paul. But if I'm Phoenix, I think now is the time to deploy a crazy strategy because otherwise it's going to be 40 from Giannis, 40 from Middleton, 20 and 10 from Drew, and Cuckoo Cal is going to be waving the towel in Milwaukee. It's just a wrap. Yeah, everything that they've done previously hasn't been working. So like Costanza, the opposite must be true, right? So instead of... (laughs) Tuna on toast. They can't change the material of the jerseys. Salmon on rye. That's yeah. another Costanza move. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Can't do that. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, it just seems, like I said, it just seems it's inevitable at this point. Drew Holiday is kind of playing out of his mind, which wasn't happening earlier in this series. He looked afraid to shoot almost in games one and two, and he has been sensational, justifying the enormous bounty that they paid New Orleans to get him. Uh, their version of the big three is totally working. Middleton is amazing at home. <laughs> and we haven't even talked really about Giannis at all. And just, again, the, the, the coronation of his star power rising. And, and picture the rest of the summer. Giannis on the talk shows. Giannis all over social. Giannis, different celebrity. You feel it, right? Yeah, you feel yeah. Nike with the big announcement. You f- sure. It's happening. Does he refollow all of his teammates on Twitter and Instagram? Because remember, that was such a big story last year where he's only following his family and his agent and Kobe. It's like, okay. You know, he he's uh, somebody that is uh, so locked in and not caught, like, lost in the sauce. He's not worried about his fashion outfit as he's walking into the arena. I think there's something interesting in the NBA the last few years. A lot of guys who have had success are family guys, have family at a young age. Giannis is a father. Drew Holiday is a father. We've seen Kawhi, family guy, win a finals MVP. LeBron, obviously, family guy. Chris Paul. A lot of these guys now have kids in the prime of their career, and I think there's something about being at a stable place in your life off the floor where you're able to not have distractions and lock in and focus on the floor. I think it's... um. It's a big Steph Curry, obviously, a lot of success with the Warriors, family guy. So, yeah, I'm, I'm so excited for tonight. 
They're going to have to change the energy if, if you're Phoenix, if you want to extend this series. you got to do something different. you got to shake it up. you got to go up to Scott Foster before the game and give him a secret handshake, a pound, <laughs> a smile, a wink, like something. A few hundos, maybe? Something. Like, hey, the, the hundo handshake. Call the guy who's uh, in Phoenix underneath the basket <laughs> yeah, yeah, and see yeah. if he can't <laughs> slip something into Scott Foster's locker before the game. Do we see him tonight? Did he make the trip, the Southwest trip up, uh, up to, from Phoenix did to he show, Did he show up at Phoenix International? with all that cash and say a one-way ticket to Milwaukee, please. Uh, I'll buy that flight in cash. Like, uh, remember she tries to buy the flight at the airport in Fletch, which I know you watched. That's right, uh, I watched, I watched Just the other night. We'll, we'll get a little Fletch conversation Sally coming up uh, a little bit later on the, the show as well. Um, I'll have the steak sandwich and the steak sandwich, please. It's on the Underhills. NBA <laughs> Finals Game 6 tonight. We got Chris Mannix from Sports Illustrated checking in next. It's Ben Lyons hanging out with the guys in for Rich on The Rich Eisen Show. Don't go anywhere. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. So I have here, word for word, verbatim, three of the great uh, sports rants of all time. Um, and we would love for you to do your best Victor Newman. Is that okay? No, the Let's the first one is Herm Edwards. Yes, Herm Edwards. The first one up, Herm Edwards on October 30th, 2002, after a week eight loss to the Cleveland Browns. Ooh. Here is play to win the game as told by Victor Newman. This is great about sports. This is what's the greatest thing about sports is you play to win. Hello? You play to win the damn game, right? You don't play just to play it. That's the great thing about sports. You play to win. And I don't care if you don't have any wins. You go to play to win. When you start telling me it doesn't matter, get your ass out of here, then retire. Cause it matters. Well done, that's number one. Next up, on October 16th, 2006, after the Cardinals blew a 20-point lead against the Bears on Monday Night Football. Oh, man. Dennis Green, they are who we thought they oh. were, as as portrayed by Victor Newman. The Bears are who we thought they were, you know? That's why we took the damn field. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the damn hook. Very good. Very well done. All right, last one for I you. I can feel it. <laughs> I can feel it. I'm glad that we got it rolling, because here's the last one. I can feel it. Oh. On May 7th, 2002, the famed practice press conference of one Allen Iverson, as recounted 
by the man who plays Victor Newman, Eric Braden. Hit it, Mike Dolce. Great Alan Iverson, my God, man. Go for it. I mean, listen, man. You're talking about practice, okay? Not a game. It's not a game. Not a game, all right? You're talking about practice. Not a game. Not the game that I go out there and die for and play every game like it's my last. Not the game. You're talking about practice, man. I mean, how silly is that? I know it's important. Yeah, I do, I do, I do, I honestly do. But you're talking about practice, man. What are we talking about? Practice. You're talking about practice, man. Eric, I think that's your finest work, if you don't mind me saying. Well, thank you very much. (laughs) The show rolls on. Ben Lyons in for Rich. This is the Rich Eisen Show. We appreciate you spending some time with us. As always, across Westwood One, Sirius XM 211, and right here on Peacock, Ben Lyons in for Rich, and we've got sound from Tom Brady at the White House, TV 12, oh. heading to 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, huh? Oh, baby. Yeah, we're going to we're gonna play that out. <laughs> always at the center of Eric. a political conversation, always Tom out Brady? there. Yeah, letting his voice be heard about all the important issues, TV 12, <laughs> really out there talking about always stuff. Yeah, so excited to hear that Tom Brady sound coming up in a little bit. But uh, right now we're joined by Chris Mannix from Sports Illustrated, somebody I have lectured with at the University of Southern California. And uh, Professor Mannix joins us right now. Are you in Milwaukee? Are you in the Deer District? I'm not in Milwaukee. I was uh, on USA basketball duty the last week in Las Vegas, so uh, spent my time watching the finals on TV. Chris Mannix, a season pro, the Las Vegas assignment or the Milwaukee assignment chooses Vegas. Yep. Uh, we appreciate you taking some time. <laughs> uh, the NBA Finals roll on tonight, though, Game 6. And besides Chris Paul's interaction with Scott Foster, maybe switching it up in the pregame, maybe a little nod and a wink as opposed to a scowl and a glare. But what else can Phoenix do to switch things up to try to get this series back to a Game 7? Well, you know, their, their defensive struggles have been maybe the most perplexing over the last three games. This team came in to these finals playing the second-best defense in the playoffs right behind Milwaukee. And if you look at the numbers, you know, half-court transition, whatever, they've just collapsed over these last few games. Some of that, I think, can be attributed to DeAndre Ayton just being stretched way too long in these games. I mean, an underrated aspect are, are variable in these finals is the Dario Saric injury. And that, that injury limited Monty Williams to really eight guys because he doesn't trust Frank Kaminsky. And, so, and you see Aiden out there, I think it was 39 minutes in game three, 45 in game five. He's having to play a lot of minutes, and I think they have to find a way in this game, even if it's, even if it, it, it's potentially hurt, uh, hurtful in the short term, of getting him out of there and, and playing somebody, be it Kaminsky or somebody else, to just make sure Aiton is fresh for that fourth quarter. So yeah, that to me is, you know, Chris Paul's the obvious guy to watch. You know, does he play better against this Drew Holiday defense? But for me, Aiton and that Suns defense is, is the biggest question. Chris, the biggest question we had in the studio was uh, how did the guy who was counting money make his money in the stands? Uh, did he, how did he get the money in his pocket that night? How much money did he have? Uh, one of the great moments of the NBA Finals was that, that the, the money shot. 
Uh, talk to me a little bit about some of the other great moments in the finals and where they are historically in terms of, you know, Giannis's block and just sort of the coronation of Giannis and this performance. I mean, I think the block, if the Bucks finish off this series tonight or Game 7, will, will live in infamy. I mean, we remember the LeBron block in large part because they won that series, right? Like, if they had lost we probably wouldn't remember it as as strongly. Uh, if the Bucks close this out, that block is going to be replayed over and over again in the pantheon of those great finals moments. Because just like LeBron, there's probably not two or three players in basketball that can do that to both have the ability to step out on a, on a screener or on the roll and then get back and block a shot of a seven-footer at the rim. So... Yeah, that, that, to me, is just a signature moment. Giannis has had a couple, of course, um, some big scoring nights early, that dunk at the end of Game 5. But, you know, that, that block, I say a couple of guys could do it. Maybe there's nobody that could do it. I mean, Giannis is just so genetically gifted and so skilled defensively that he might be the only player ever, you know, to pull, be able to pull that off. Chris Mannix joins the show, the Crossover Podcast, and, of course, Sports Illustrated. Ben Lyons in for Rich on the Rich Eisen Show. Let's play this out, Chris. Phoenix loses tonight. Milwaukee wins. How does that impact Chris Paul's future and where he might play next season? Well, people around Chris Paul have, have told me that like, they'd like to get something done with Phoenix. Now, you know, this is probably Chris's last contract. It's kind of amazing we're even saying that since two years ago we were talking about the contract being an albatross on the, around the neck of whatever team – uh, gets him, but he's in line for a three-year, hundred million-ish contract in his next deal. They'll take him right around thirty-nine years old. Uh, and, and look, there's, you know, Chris didn't just get traded to Phoenix. Like he wanted to be there. Like he scouted that situation. He knew Monty Williams. He he believed in Devin Booker. So uh, I think there's a and look. He's, he he still lives in L.A., so it's a short hop for him to get there. So I think there's momentum to get a deal done for around three years one way or the other, whether it's opting in and extending, opting out and a new deal, one way or the other, I think there's some momentum there. The wild card, though, is Robert Sarver. I mean, you know, that, that roster is going to get expensive. Does Robert Sarver have it in him to just say, look, we got to give this guy a blank check. Whatever he wants, we've got to give him, because if we don't, everything we've gained over the last calendar year gets wiped away. I mean, Cameron Payne's been incredible, but you don't want to go into the next season with Cameron Payne as your starting point guard. You need Chris Paul to continue to build on what they've accomplished this season. So if I was a betting man, I'd say it gets done one way or the other, but Sarver, who doesn't have a tremendous track record, uh, he is a variable. Chris, you were just uh, covering Team USA as they get ready for the, the Olympics, and we're going to see three of the guys playing tonight as part of Team USA in a few weeks now, Devin Booker, Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, as early as next week. Uh, how do you think they blend in to what's happening right now with Team USA, which has been a roster in flux? And walk me through their schedules. When do we see them playing for Team USA if they're in the NBA Finals for another few days? Well, I talked to Greg Popovich about this on Sunday, and the expectation is that they will arrive in Tokyo uh, about a day before the first game. So I'm guessing Sunday is when they're likely to arrive uh, there. Uh, you know, nobody really knows what to expect from these guys. And I asked Pop that directly. I said, you know, I mean, you've been on teams or coach teams that have been to the finals. They've experienced a grueling postseason. You know what's left in these guys 
after it's done. I mean, what are you expecting from Booker, Middleton, and Holiday? And he's like, I just don't know, man. Like, I don't, I don't know what these guys are going to be able to give. I mean, you know, maybe they come in with some energy, especially guys from the team that won. But I think more likely than not, they're just gassed out, and they're, you know, they're going to play and, and contribute. But you're not going to get the the finals version of Devin Booker and Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday. So, you know, USA Basketball is counting on them because their roster right now is paper thin. I mean, Zach Levine is not going to be there right away. We'll see how that works out. Jason Tatum's been battling a knee injury. Uh, they need those guys to, to play for them and play well. But I just I don't know what you're going to get from them after uh, this type of final. That's why I think this U.S. team might be in a lot of trouble when they get to Tokyo. Chris Mannix joins the show, Sports Illustrated, in the crossover podcast. Ben Lyons in for Rich. This is the Rich Eisen Show. And it felt like on Friday, Chris, that the Damian Lillard story was like a end of the end of the week news dump. Uh, let's uh, put that out on a Friday at the end of the weekend. There's NBA finals going on. People won't really pay attention to that as much as maybe they should. Does going to Tokyo and, and leaving the country and having the games actually start, do you think that brings some of the attention away from the Damian Lillard stuff or does that add to it because he'll be on TV every night? Well, no, I, I think it'll take away and I think it gives everyone a chance to go to their neutral corners and figure out what to do next. Now, I don't know what came of the meeting in Vegas between Damian Lillard, Chauncey Billups, and Neil O'Shea. I would imagine that Neil O'Shea and Chauncey, you know, directly asked Dame if he was in. And, you know, Dame said this on the call with reporters. What he says to media is basically the same thing he says to, to the front office. Like, he's not He's not giving two different answers here. So what? So his feelings about that team are, you know, are, are what we heard. So I would expect in the next month you're going to see Portland try to do some things. I don't know what they can do. They've got one great asset in C.J. McCollum, but everything else, it's, it's not as valuable as maybe they think. So I think you'll see them try to improve the roster in the next month. And then come mid-August, when USA Basketball is over, we'll see where they are in Portland. If they made the kind of upgrades that Lillard needed to see in order for him to fully commit to coming back to Portland. You know, Chris, there's something interesting about this USA team, and, and I don't I, I obviously uh, I, I know it's an unusual Olympic cycle, uh, obviously with the, the, the way the NBA season was scheduled and rolled out. Certain guys were limited and weren't able to participate, but... The idea that they should be the favorite just because they're America seems rather ignorant to me. I mean, you look at basketball on a global scale. You've got Giannis tonight, a two-time MVP. Jokic, the MVP this year. Luka is an emerging star in Dallas. The game's gone global. So why do you think the Americans should even feel like they should should be the favorite just for showing up? Well, they, they shouldn't, and hopefully they don't, because this U.S. team is not the A team by any stretch. And even if it was, you know, these these games are just different. I mean, we already saw Nigeria, which has a handful of minor NBA players, win against the U.S. We saw Australia, which has NBA players, but if you put that team in the NBA, they'd struggle to get double-digit wins. You know, plus the FIBA rules are so different. I asked Ricky Rubio that. Like, what are you noticing when, you know, guys – come to international games for the first time like many of these u.s players are and it's like they struggle with physicality 
They struggle with some of the rule changes like the you know, five seconds in the lane and uh, the goaltending rules and some of the other things you're allowed to do. It's just an adjustment. So, like, you know, the, the U.S. team is always going to have the biggest names no matter what group they send. But this version of it, you know, if I had to make a prediction, I, I don't – I wouldn't predict them to medal. I, I just wouldn't because, you know, there, there just are some really good international teams going. You know, Spain, who you, the U.S. played on Sunday and beat, they're going to be good. I mean, the Gasol, like these teams have got players that have been part of their program for decades now, and they're familiar with each other. I mean, Ricky Rubio, like FIBA Ricky Rubio is like a different person. Like he is, I, I, he's not the NBA player, you know, that fans in one of his many stops have grown to see. He's just a really, really good international player, and so are many of these guys. So I just think this U.S. team, with the team it's bringing over, and the fact that I don't believe that those three guys – that are coming late are going to be miracle workers. I think they're going to have their work cut out for them, just the medal. Chris Mannix joins the show, Sports Illustrated, the crossover podcast. Ben Lyons in for Rich. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Do you get a sense, though, from being around Team USA that despite not, you know, you don't sound like you have confidence in them to medal. However, do you get a sense from being around the guys that they understand the magnitude of the moment, that they understand just what a privilege it is to be representing Team USA and considering everything happening in the world, the fact that we'll even have an Olympic Games and just sort of understanding where their place in history and, and, and alongside some of the all-time greats. No, I, I think they do. And, you know, all these guys want to be here. And I give them a ton of credit for, you know, jumping into the program with the understanding that COVID was going to be an issue during training camp and COVID will be a big time issue when they get over to Tokyo, their movements are going to be incredibly restricted, making the bubble look you know, almost free, free by example, you know, almost like it's, it's a, a, a anything goes by example. Um, the, the, I don't think they're, they're overconfident at all. I think they understand what their, their duties are and, and they want to do it. It's just chemistry matters. And, it's just impossible to get the kind of chemistry that you need to beat teams that have been playing together for a generation. I mean, I'm, I'm watching like, you know, Louis Skoll, I think is still out there. And yeah, I mean, the Gasol brothers, Rudy Fernandez, like that, that Spanish team, all those guys are in their mid to late thirties at this point. Pau hasn't played NBA basketball in two years, but he's out there playing for Spain. I mean, it's, it's really, it's just so difficult to match the chemistry. And in these international competitions, chemistry is as important as talent so overcome you know if the u.s team gains chemistry on the fly in ways i don't expect they might win they might win big but if they don't they could lose and they could lose pretty early chemistry also a thing with the nba finals chris you know it's it's interesting to me that in an age of player mobility you've got Giannis and Chris Middleton as the longest tenured bucks on this team and the fact that brooke lopez has been there for a while now and there's some cohesion uh with this group do you think that's a trend we'll see with, with team building moving forward, the idea of really wanting to commit to your guys for an extended period of time, developing your program? Uh, you're seeing it with Devin Booker now. Uh, pretty soon the conversation is going to turn to around you know, his free agency or his future. How do you see the, the impact of these finals permeating throughout the league in the next few years? Well, I mean, teams, especially small or smaller market teams, want to keep their group together. I mean, that's their best chance to win knowing that they can't lure stars in free agency the way some of these bigger market teams so you have seen and will continue to see you know teams like phoenix and milwaukee do everything they can 
to retain the players they have in their pipeline. I don't, I don't want to overplay chemistry, though, because I think we'd all probably agree if the Brooklyn Nets were fully healthy, they'd probably win that series. I mean, that's a Nets team that was thrown together on the fly with like 10 games together in the regular season and a handful more in the playoffs. So talent still matters in the NBA. And if you have superior talent, you're probably going to win a lot of these series. But for smaller market teams, you know, you look up at Milwaukee as an example. They've kept Middleton and, and Giannis together. They signed Holiday to a four-year deal, so he's part of the program uh, long-term. You know, their, their goal is to win through these guys, and they've done a good job of doing it so far. Chris Mannix joins the show, Sports Illustrated. Of course, the cro- crossover podcast, Ben Lines in for Rich, the Rich Eisen Show. Other stories uh, around the world of NBA basketball right now is the status of Kawhi Leonard. And, and Chris, if, I, if I'm Kawhi, um, I've got to be thinking about you know my future long-term and looking for a long-term deal somewhere, signing a one- or two-year deal right now or opting out or, you know, I, I don't know if I can have the confidence in, in my health long-term. Um, can another team have that confidence in Kawhi giving him a long-term deal? And do you think he stays in Los Angeles? I do. And I think Kawhi, you know, Kawhi's got an ACL injury that's probably going to keep him out most, if not all of next season. And even if that's the case, I do not foresee the Clippers blinking at giving him a max level extension at some point. I mean, Kawhi's in a sort of a similar situation contractually as Chris Paul, where look, he can opt into that big number, $45, $48 million, whatever it is next year, and then extend it, or he can opt out and sign a five-year deal. One way or the other, I think he's going to do it with the Clippers. I, I, I would almost bet the house on it. I mean, he's, the, he just has the Clippers over the barrel. I mean, the Clippers gave up everything to create this roster. If Kawhi walks to somewhere else, I mean, they – they don't have any avenue to, to build a winner for like the next five or six years because of all the draft picks and young players they've given away. So yeah, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't count on much, if anything, from Kawhi next season, but I do expect uh, you to see him sign some kind of long-term deal with the Clippers before the start of this one. Game six of the NBA Finals tonight. Uh, one of the great phrases in all of sports, Chris. I know game seven gets the shine, but game six is what they rap about. This is the stuff of legends. It's, I feel like I can get in a time machine and go back to my childhood. What are your earliest memories of the NBA Finals, of covering the Finals, and how have you seen your role change uh, since those early final memories? Uh, I mean, you're, you're certainly doing more work. I mean, early Finals, I was more of a fact-checker at SI and a reporter gathering quotes for people like Jack McCallum and Ian Thompson and all the other great writers that came through SI in the early 2000s. Um, you know, the first one I really started to write about on a high level was the Boston 08 finals when they won the championship. And I remember that game six, you know, being a coronation, really. I mean, that's kind of – I have something of a similar feeling tonight. I mean, the Celtics, they just smacked around the Lakers in game six of that series. I don't think the Lakers, uh, I just think they had given up or they got, they got jumped on early and then gave up. Uh, I I can almost see something similar happening in this Milwaukee series. I mean, the Bucks have just jumped on Phoenix for these last three games and, and beaten them. If Phoenix gets down early, the Bucks are a great home team. There's going to be such a rabid crowd there in Fiserv. Um, I can see this game being uncompetitive, non-competitive in the second half in the same way that game six of the 2008 finals was. Chris, as we wrap up here and as the NBA season wraps up, you know, I get a little sad. I get a little nostalgic for the season that just was. But 
Now, as basketball fans, we're blessed with social media. We can keep tabs on our favorite players as they go jumping off yachts around the world. <laughs> they go on vacation. They go to wineries. What's your NBA offseason looking like? Are you linking up with Magic Johnson on the boat with Sam Jackson? No, there'll be like the NBA offseason isn't very long, that's for sure. I mean, you get, you get to free agency on August 2nd, you go to Summer League on August 9th. Uh, that wraps probably third week, fourth week, third week in August. And then, you know, for me anyway, you're writing the NBA preview issue for the magazine that comes out in October at that point. So if I get. If I get a week to just shut the phone off, I'll be I'll be a happy camper this offseason. Well, we'll be sure to check in with you then. As always, great stuff. Thanks so much, Chris. Uh, yeah, enjoy thanks. the games tonight. Enjoy the Olympics, man. All right. Thanks. Chris Mannix joins the show. Sports Illustrated, the crossover podcast. Man, that 08 game six when the Lakers got waxed at the Boston Garden. By like 40. By 40. Remember the shots of Kobe afterwards and just the, the look on his face. Yeah. And that's what fueled their back-to-back in 09 and 10. It was that night in Boston. So if Phoenix gets waxed tonight, are we going to see Devin Booker there? He's constantly getting compared to Kobe. Yes. We see him with a look on his face that says, okay, we're going to come back these next two years, run it back. And is that the catalyst that, that motivates Phoenix to maybe continue this thing and go on a run? It's, it's like sliding doors. Yeah, teams, the best. teams, you know, great NBA champions don't come out of nowhere. They have to go through something in order to finally get to the top of the mountain. And this Phoenix team, it's it's apropos Phoenix. They've kind of risen out of nowhere, you know, with the Chris Paul trade. Whereas Milwaukee had to overcome some adversity the last couple postseasons, had to deal with the uncertainty of Giannis's future. He chose to stay. They make a big move. And now they're one game away, 48 minutes from the title. It makes it that much sweeter when you know what you've been through in order to get there, to get to the top of the mountain. And so we'll see tonight if, uh, if the Milwaukee Bucks can, can wrap this thing up. You know, with somebody else who had championship success but didn't have to really get over much of anything was TB12 and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers yeah. who are hanging out at the White House today. We'll play some Tom Brady sound with the President of the United States coming up next. Ben Lyons in for Rich Eisen. This is the Rich Eisen Show on a Tuesday. Don't go anywhere. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. Okay, I've got some claims to fame here that I need to check with you. Okay. It's not a technically our celebrity true or false, but although I do want to play start, bench, cut, a game that we play here on, on the Rich Eisen okay. show shortly within a second. Uh, true or false that you have intercepted Tom Brady at one point? I did a charity event for Best Buddies back in Boston. That's his charity, yeah. right? That he has his game. Yeah, he okay. plays quarterback for both teams. Very yes. last play of the game, my team's down. Yes. I see Tom. He's going to throw this cute kid who's, you know, been excited to get a ball thrown to him all day. So I see Tom's elbow line. I go, this kid's not getting this ball. So I ran over and I jumped in front of this kid, pulled it down, ran it in for the game-winning touchdown. And uh, he signed the ball. I got it in my living room. Are you proud of I yourself? I picked six game? off Tom. I know, that's Brady. fine. I understand that. But you, I made a kid cry you, for that ball. 
<laughs> how how old would you suggest this this young child? <laughs> like twelve. You stepped in front <laughs> yes. and you high stepped uh, Tom Brady. Are you kidding me? That was my. That's the only way I was ever going to intercept Tom Brady. <laughs> so here's another one. Is it true? That you were in the room when Tom Brady met Giselle. That is true. That was true. Where uh, was this, Dave? 07 Cook? AFC playoff game uh, in San Diego, Pats Chargers and uh, San Diego Chargers at the time. Yes. And Giselle was sitting with us in the, the box. So the Kraft family was like, oh, Giselle's here to, she's never seen Tom play. Uh, and she didn't really know football. She literally, during the game, was like, so why do they have to run with the ball this way? <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand why both teams don't help each other. She was uh, had that very thick Brazilian accent. Yes. Um, and then we all were ushered down to the locker room. And when I saw them see each other and she kind of grabbed him by the arms and they're looking at, they're almost the same height, but she's looking at him because, yeah. you know, he's bigger than life. And they were so, it was well. It was like they were so beautiful. You know those moments in like a Disney movie where the camera just spins around the yes. prince and princess? And I felt like I was just spinning around. <laughs> and the birds start flying like <laughs> zippity-doo-dah? It was unbelievable. You were like, oh, that's a power cut. I think I called my girlfriend right there and was like, we're done. We're, we have nothing <laughs> even close to what I'm experiencing here. So let me, again, so you're there as with the Patriots in the owner's box, right? Right, right, yeah. And Giselle just happened to be invited separately. Yeah. And they, and then you all go downstairs and you watch that's right. the the romance essentially happen. I I watched these that happen. You know when they you know goo goo, goo gaga eyes sure, like yeah, yeah. this is what they had. They had all the things that are a fiction that you were like, "Oh, man, okay." I just I just have to stand there. I felt like voyeuristic just standing there watching them love each other live in the locker room. In the locker room. Welcome back to the Rich Eisen Show. Ben Lyons in for Rich. As always, you can hit us up at Rich Eisen Show on Twitter, Instagram. Ben Lyons hanging out with Del Tufo and Brockman and TJ, the whole crew here at the Rich Eisen Studios in Los Angeles. I I said it yesterday, Del Tufo. Yes. I could be on the red carpet at the Academy Awards interviewing an Oscar winner, and it's another day at the office in the presence of Mike Del Tufo, who I love on Twitter. Thank you. A little starstruck, not going to lie. Yeah. Whoa. Oh, thank you, a little clammy over here, not going to lie. Thank you, Ben. You're the one that likes him on Twitter? I mean, it's like, yeah, I don't get a lot of likes. I mean, How's the fumigation going? Going well? It's kind of rough living. (laughs) I'm not going to lie to you. I went by my place and it looked like Breaking Bad. Like I have a, p- a couple pictures last night. I was kind of like, it's crazy. It's like it's they're completely tented, like seventy condos. Never a good thing in life when you have to compare your living situation to, break, to, to Breaking, Breaking Bad. Bad. I didn't yeah, throw never, the pizza on the yeah. roof though. I was thinking about that. I go, I wouldn't have made it the throw. I it hope it goes well. well for you. I hope no, it goes I well know. for you. Um, it's going well for Tom Brady. TB twelve. <laughs> I mean, life is good for Tom, Tom Brady, Brady, man. Come on, Come on. Man. When was the last time it sucked to be Tom Brady? Let's when he think. had to take that photo in his underwear at the pre-draft workout? Yeah, the combine. That, yeah, that, 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 combine maybe, that, maybe that's the last time. I think the Kansas City game might have been that bad it was too. He had a, Thrown an interception. Yeah. 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 His last play as a Patriot? That's it. Maybe his that's last that's play as a Patriot, throwing a pick no, six. No, no. He's happy. still the greatest player of all time yeah, at but that he's point. leaving Gillette one last time with his head hung He low. was already out. It wasn't a bad day for him? I'm trying to think of the last bad day. Yeah, I'm trying to think of the last time. It like, like, it, like he woke up, um, Tom Brady, this sucks. Even when he split his pants at the golf tournament, he held out from 170 That's yards. That's what I mean. 
even when something's going terribly bad at the yeah, moment, exactly. something happens immediately there. Like he threw a pick to end his his Patriots career, right? He went home to Giselle. That's true. You know what I mean? So like, when was the last time it really sucked to be yeah. Tom Brady? Well, like, it, it definitely didn't suck today. Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers <laughs> visiting 1600 uh, Pennsylvania Avenue and, and, and paying a visit on the president of the United States. It's interesting we get back to a, a place where pro sports teams are visiting the White House and it <laughs> doesn't really seem to be a big deal. Exactly. <laughs> right. It was, it was never really a big deal. Uh, it was something that JFK started when he wanted to meet the Boston Celtics. It's a good way to do it. And... Hey, then it kind of went away. Out. Jimmy Carter brought back the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yep. Uh, Reagan was really into it. You start to see a lot of uh, White House visits in the 80s, which is just such a great decade for sports history. <laughs> you guys are trolling So me. many just amazing, great me. things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like start the starts of so much greatness I didn't say happened in the 80s. Carl Lewis, 1984 Olympics right here in the United States. Los Angeles. 86 Mets, all those great Celtics-Lakers matchups. A historic decade in sports history in America, which we'll (laughs) continue to dissect throughout the show. And it included a lot of White House visits. Then in the 90s, White House visits sort of became the stuff of controversy. Michael Jordan was absent for some of those Bulls visits. Craig Hodges showed up, gave the President of the United States a handwritten letter, uh, about the state of affairs in the United States and subsequently was blackballed from the NBA. It's amazing you think about Craig Hodges. He was in the NBA three-point shootout when he mm-hmm. wasn't on an NBA team. Yep. He wore an NBA Cares t-shirt and he was out there shooting threes. They're saying, we got an NBA three-point contest. The best shooters in the world, but this guy's not on an NBA team. He's just so good at this contest. Right. Bring him in. That we need to put him in the, he in the was, tournament. Was he three-time champ at that point? He three-time champ, just setting defending records. his title. He was just so good at the three-point shootout. That. Wasn't on a team. Wasn't on a team. I remember that. So bizarre. Now, now we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers visiting the White House today. And Tom Brady had a little exchange with uh, Joe Biden. Let's take a listen. Not a lot of people... Uh, you know, think that we could have won. And um, in fact, I think about 40% of the people still don't think we won. I understand that. You understand that, Mr. President? I understand that. Yeah. And personally, you know, it's nice for me to be back here. (laughs) We had a game in Chicago where I forgot what down it was. I lost track of one down in 21 years of playing. And they started calling me Sleepy Tom. (laughs) Why would they do that to me? (laughs) I, don't I know. like the second one. I'm not gonna lie. He's roasting. Look Tom Brady's got jokes. No, I, 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 he's grown on me, but I don't know if he's working at the comedy store anytime soon. Come on, he's, his delivery was a little weak. Should, should, tre- should Trevor Noah be worried? We're yeah, gonna I mean, see Tom Brady on I mean, the Daily Show. No, 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 no. He's Are we gonna it. see him at the White House Correspondence Dinner holding court? That I could see. That I could see. TV twelve because oh, he's, he's president. Because he's President Brady. President Brady. I mean, I mean, he can do all, it. First of all, he looks. Amazing. He's I mean, 44. He that guy's 44 years old. Are you kidding me? I don't me? know what he's doing to exfoliate. I don't know what's he's in the... He's found it. You know, the, 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 the avocados definitely have a number nine on them, not a number four when you go when you get them, right? <laughs> nice. They got nine on the avocados. It looks insane. tremendous. It's ins- He's getting younger. The head of hair. Strong. TV 12. Getting a tie. Done, a Tom man. Ford on the tie. Yeah. We the, just got to do, do his diet for a month. 
for a month. I'd need it for a month. do it forever. Yeah, you Mike, work like Mike, him. There's no way you could do his diet for two days. We talked about that. Me yeah, and we were going to get the we book, and, get the book and try to do it. <laughs> yeah. and, one day. and then cooler heads prevailed. Yes. <laughs> so what are we going to do? And then I remembered food tastes Wait, good. I can't have Del Taco. Taco yeah. We're going to okay, sit I'm around done. and uh, get Getting healthy? Wow, what, what, this is crazy. We're going to look like look bionic like... robots at the right house? Well, it's not that crazy. It's amazing Man. how good he looks. It's Cheekbones sick. popping. It's great. It's insane. And today's Giselle's birthday, so he's like, he's really turning it up great day to be Tom Brady. Come on. He knows what he's doing. Just in case you guys weren't impressed with the fact that I won a Super Bowl, my seventh, by the way, with a new team, I did it without an MCL. Yeah. I'm just going to drop that in, in there in the middle of no, July. After the pandemic and no yeah. training camp, and we're working out in parks. Oh, Aaron, you want out of Green Bay? Oh, you know, I don't be the highest paid player. That's cool. I'm going <laughs> to hang out here at the White House looking like a robot. <laughs> Chilling. Like, the most attractive robot of all time. Yeah. Let's just make sure that's... Yeah, what, like, what's, the, what's the male equivalent of an Austin Powers fembot? <laughs> Tom Brady. Tom Brady! <laughs> exactly. That would be it. That's, that's a TV-12 robot I mean, right there. come on! It's amazing. It's... Is it yoga? Is it hot yoga? Joe Ingles does hot yoga. He doesn't look like that. Joe Ingles does Man. not look like that. Confirmed. He looks phenomenal, TV-12. And just so carefree. No stress. Zero stress. He lost in the match. Who cares? TV 12. My ties got polka dots. <laughs> you know how hard it is to pull off polka dots? Not since Kwame. <laughs> Come on. I don't pop bottles. I rock Tom Ford. Man, I yeah. Say my name is Kwame. This guy. Unbelievable. <laughs> and just the banter with Joe, Sleepy Joe. That's He's calling him. He's like standing up there and calling him Sleepy Joe. It's insane. It's like super casual. Super Everyone's casual. laughing. Of course they're laughing. Even if that joke was terrible, Mike, you know why they're laughing? Tom Brady got them a Super Bowl and a that's trip to true. the White House, and they're going to do it again. And that's the thing. They're going to do yep. it again. I want to get into they're that next. We've got again. Albert Breer is going to be checking in with us. We're going to talk about TB12 at the White House, the odds of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers doing it again. Here in Los Angeles, by the way, about a nine iron from the Rich Eisen Studios. Yeah. See uh, Tom Brady competing for a Super Bowl again in, in, in a matter of months. Got Albert Breer. Cam Akers, some tough news with the Rams. We're going to get into that as well. Uh, ben Lyons in for Rich on a Tuesday. Plus, we got Nick Swisher, friend of the Woo! show. Going to be really Woo! chill, Ooh, really yeah. calm. Yeah. Super calm. Very, very casual. Conversation. Quiet. Very quiet. quiet. Nick Swisher coming up a little bit later. It's Ben Lyons in for Rich. This is the Rich Eisen Show. You think Swisher meditates? Do you think he ever sits I, in the backyard? Never, he's never quiet. He's. Ne I mean, I'm can telling you, you. Can you picture an ohm from Nick Swisher? Like a like, woosa? Ohm. Yeah, this is awesome, bro. I'm so chill. <laughs> he's got him down. You got him down, Woosa. Yes. Oh, my just, God. This is the greatest day of my life. Coach Harbaugh says attack every day with an enthusiasm unknown to mankind. You should just say attack every day like you're Nick Swisher. He could probably <laughs> be the best teammate you could want to have. He I believe it. Probably be the best person to ever walk on earth. He is. I love amazing. that dude. Unless so you're one of those like you guys are able to get him today. like grumpy dudes, and then like someone like that with their energy just annoys you, you know. Oh, like if you're if you're having a yeah, bad like day, you're having yeah. a bad day, and this guy's like, "Hey, what's up, bro, bro, bro? I'm so excited. This is the greatest yeah. day." And you're just like, "Leave me the 
alone. Like, dude, my car died. I didn't have AAA. I, I, I tried to get on this TB12 diet and I, great, I went off it. But it's okay, man. Everything's great. You're alive. Another another day. Day. It's another opportunity to go out there and crush. Man, I just want to. I just want to. My hair is perfect. Trying to crush today. Yeah. Man, but that dude's He's, the best. I love Nick. <laughs> great. Nick is the best. He really is. Man. I wonder what he's thinking of this Otani stuff. He would want to get up I there. I love Otani. He's the greatest guy ever. This guy's doing it, but I'll tell you what. If I were up there against him, you know I'm taking him yard, bro. <laughs> you know I'm taking him yard, and I'm saying, you're awesome, bro. Man, Otani. Otani's going to be a free agent soon, huh? I want to look this up. You had mentioned that, that guy's age because I think he signed a two-year deal. I'm not sure if that's true. Hold and on, I think if, if I'm Otani's agent, I'm walking around uh, the winter meeting saying, hey, anybody got uh, $600 million? I'll give you 400 for the hitter and 200 for the pitcher. Would you make him the highest paid player in the, in the game? Are, are you kidding? In all of sports or the game of baseball? He has to be the highest paid player in all of American sports, right? Oh, yeah. Really? You think he so? has to be. Yeah. You would pay him more than Patrick Mahomes? Does Patrick yeah. Mahomes play cornerback? I don't know. I'm just yeah, he's got to play both sides. I'll give you a discount on the hitter. I'll give you a 250 on the hitter, and I'll give you a discount on the pitcher, 200. Why don't you give me 450? So he signed a two-year, $8.5 million deal. Two-year, $8.5 million like, deal? That seems like a massive That's bargain. That's the biggest bargain That's in all of sports. Seems like That's a big a bargain. He can go to arbitration in 2023, and then he's a free agent. I want to be Otani's oh. agent. What are we doing here, guys? Rich Eisen Show, coming back on Peacock. <laughs> 